Welcome back, Restoring Darkness listeners and viewers. Folks, what a week we had last week. Greg, Eric, and I were in Utah. Where were we? We were in Wasatch County to support Save Wasatch Back Dark Skies. Now, it sounds a little bit different, Save Wasatch Back. What does that mean? Well, Wasatch Front is Salt Lake City, a heavily light-polluted environment. But the mountains block all that light pollution, and in the Wasatch Back... I was able to see beautiful, pristine, starry skies from mountain range to mountain range. And so Greg, Eric, and I flew down to, to pres help with a presentation to the Wasatch County Planning Commission. Greg gave a presentation on the technical side. The Save Wasatch Back uh, Dark Skies uh, um, people, Lisa Bahash and Sean Severino, gave presentations about why they should not allow uplight in the, in the county. And it was amazing. The Planning Commission really absorbed a lot of what we said. We've got a lot of momentum right now in that movement. So this is what this foundation is about. That's right. Supporting our people on the ground, people that want to preserve the night, people that want to restore darkness. The Lighting and Darkness Foundation will be there for you. So if you're listening to this, not everybody has time to donate their, to volunteer, to help out, to uh, make calls, write letters. Um, and do all sorts of other things involved in this kind of advocacy work. But you know what? There's other ways to help out. And one of those ways is to go to the RestoringDarkness.com website right now and click that donate link. Why not become a monthly donor? That's right. The Lighting and Darkness Foundation is going to create advocacy programs on the ground to help out those who want to preserve night and restore darkness. So you can even give directly to the campaigns. Right now we only have one, that's Save Wasatch Back Dark Skies. But if you, if you click Darkness Campaigns on the RestoringDarkness.com website today, you can donate directly to the Utah cause. That's right, folks. And guess what? The Lighting and Darkness Foundation will match your donation dollar for dollar up to 3500 bucks. And I think right now we already have 1700 and there's more coming in. So help us save Wasatch Back Dark Skies. My thanks go out right now to Sean Savarino and Lisa Bahash of Save Wasatch Back Dark Skies for their amazing work. And guess what, girls? We're just getting started in Utah. That's right. We're going to get this advocacy campaign up and running, and we are going to not stop talking about this until there's no uplight allowed in the back county, the Wasatch County of Utah. We've got a great show for you guys ahead. we got Dan Jobbins. He's talking about landscape lighting, uh, his company, Hudson Valley Holidays in New York. And he talks about how you can still have some landscape lighting, and, but we need to make it so that it turns off. And so that we're, look, we're talking more about wayfinding rather than lighting things up all night long. So wait for that. Dan Jobbins coming up. But before we get to that, we got to go to the Darkness News Update with Scott Wachter. Hey, Scott, what do you got, buddy? All right, pop quiz. How many studies about Alan were published last year? I'm going to say 26. 437. Get out of here. Academic papers about Dark Sky related <sighs> topics. This is public. This is a big database that Dark Sky International maintains. They index everything. You can find these. It's a great, it's a great spreadsheet. Um, I wish you could sort it by which ones are behind paywalls, but... They've just updated it for this year. So in 2022, 437 documents got added to this database. 
30% of them are about wildlife issues, 30% are about how to use remote sensing to build our knowledge to understand where the light is going up, and we've also got a lot of human-centric topics and security topics going down the list. You know, the research community is really starting to, to see this as an environmental issue. And we have been talking about it here on the Restoring Darkness podcast since, I don't know, October 21, 2021, Scott. And then before that, the great work of Dark Sky. Um, you know, but now we're starting to see the motion, the movement at the bottom of the, the research papers are coming out. Light pollution is pollution, Scott Walker. All right. So this is not an endorsement. This is not an endorsement, but this is a product that did something that I think we can respect around here. LumiLeds, okay. makers of LEDs, have designed a new LED chip that only emits 2% blue light. Wow. It's a great innovation yeah. for this. It's, all the stuff is coming. It's all coming. I can't wait. Yes. So and congratulations said, to LumiLeds. They said specifically that they were looking at night preservation issues in, out, in outdoor planning. They want to be part of the solution. And uh, you know what? Looking at the specs on this thing, these are lab specs, but these are way more encouraging than even, say, PC Amber or Amber LEDs. Mm, sure. Wow. Congratulations to LumiLeds, and thank you for contributing. This is what we need. We need the research, and then we need industry. We need to start making the fixtures, making the equipment, Scott. Yeah. All right. So we've got a new study from the University of Guelph. Uh, a third of all North American uh, bioluminescent insects are endangered species now. Tragedy. You know, um, yeah. and especially when, you know, light pollution is such an easy, it's, it's, it's something we can fix right now. It's not, it's, we don't have to wait for it. I mean, you might have to wait for a little bit of planning, maybe a rebate application or two, but people can get started on this right now. And that, what we're talking about there, Scott, is restoring darkness. So those, that wildlife group, they are being attacked by light pollution, right? Absolutely. And it's not, it's not, like, it, it's not like we have to, you know, we, we have a dam or something like some massive. We just have to get these lights turned off. We have to get them turned down. We have to get them tuned down. We have to shield them. These are all easy peasy, lemon, th lemon squeezy things to do, Scott. We got to just do it. And everybody in the lighting industry is going to get rich. I don't see the problem here. Let's go. <laughs> right. So uh, we have a meta study. So four UK research hospitals bought a bunch of data from 1,500 other papers and started cross-indexing factors and found out that sleep disorders are definitely linked with prostate cancer. This is another mm. confirmation of research we've talked about before, but yep, we can see that sleep disorders lead to prostate cancer. Sleep disorders separate of chemo-related fatigue make prostate cancer worse. Wow. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, even from our work on the Get a Grip on Lighting side, Scott, and the Lighting Industry News Brief and all that, what seems to be coming out to me is that all of this lighting that people are talking about or circadian, all the actual result should be better sleep. And if people can sleep better, they'll be healthier. That's, that's exactly it. And speaking of that, we have a comment. This is uh, not any research, but a comment, a letter to the editors of The Lancet, the biggest journal in medicine. Diego El Golombek of Universidad de San Andres in Argentina, calling for what he calls sleep diplomacy. Hmm. And this would be a way, a, an advocacy or an awareness creation program by researchers and scientists to help people understand that sleep is, like, s healthy sleep is health. 
actually. Like it's like light pollution is pollution. Sleeping properly is the fundamental basis of a healthy person. And he wants to bring this down to the individual doctor level so that your GP is asking you about your sleep a lot more often. And this is again, I just like the phrase sleep diplomacy. That, I love that's, that. a, that's one we got to use more. Yeah, you know, it, it it is a wonderful term. It also it's like the the idea of tranquility. You know that um, I can't remember my my mind goes so fast on these shows when we're recording, but you know this idea of silence and darkness and sleep. These are all kind of the same thing that we're talking about here. You know, they 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 go they all go together. Light pollution, sound pollution, disrupted sleep. All these things are from this lack of tranquility that we have in our world, Scott Walker, and we need to bring it back. All right, moving up from moving north from Argentina, we're talking about Colombia. Mm-hmm. which is uh, 3% brighter every year over the past 10 years, <laughs> particularly the uh, five biggest cities in the country. Oh, my goodness. It's, it, the light pollution is just, you know, I think it was um, uh, um, Ruskin Hartley from, from Dark Sky uh, came, was talking with Randy Reed from Edison reporting 10% a year. Um, yeah. Light pollution increases. Uh, we have to stop that. We ha- okay, we're talking about restoring darkness. Well, we, first we have to preserve night, Scott Walks. We have to stop doing more damage, right? Like stop the madness, right? Like it's the same thing with climate change. Can you prove to me that you can stop increasing CO2 emissions? Never mind reducing them. Like let's just see if we can stop increasing it. Lighting industry, get on board with darkness restoration and night preservation. It's it's our moral duty. All right, we're going to the other Columbia. This is in Pennsylvania and they are turning off uh, the lighting on a bridge. (laughs) This is, uh, this bridge is, he, on the upper deck, has been a big attractor of mayflies, mm-hmm. and this is causing some... This is a hazard to drivers. This is how many mayflies there are. I've, I've got a picture here of dead mayflies piled two feet high on the road. And That's they're grotesque. finally just turn. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're just turning off the lights, and it's like, look, we're, this is all we can do. It's better for the mayflies. It'll be better for us. Just drive safely across this bridge at night. So, um, and, and, and you're, hopefully we're going to layer that picture into this, this program to show people the uh, piled up mayflies. But you're talking about cars skidding out on the dead bodies of insects, right? That's what the problem is here? Yeah, or just losing or just complete blanked out of windscreens, you know. It basically, fog conditions, but the parts per million is, you know, the size of this. Light pollution is so grotesque. When you start to get into yeah. the weeds of it. It's the dead birds, the, the, the may, like, oh, who cares about the mayflies? The birds can fly over there. Actually, why don't you come have a look? Come have a look at a million dead birds and see what it looks like and see if you still feel the same way. And if you do, then you're a psychopath. If you, you know, I mean, there's no, like, how many dead mayflies? Okay, so how, what about the drivers? Do you care about yeah. that? And so, yeah, I applaud that. Uh, Columbia, Pennsylvania, did you say? Yes. Shut that down, buddy. Let's go. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. All right, so it's turtle season, Mike. It's turtle season, so we got three turtle topics to go through. Let's do it. Uh, so Key West, public beaches, lights out at 11 until okay. October. That's their decision for the year. Uh, Marco Island, Florida, they're, they've allocated police resources for turtle task force patrols at night. Okay. So these, these are civilians. These are civilians, but in a police vehicle, and they are authorized to... Uh, Hit people with private citizens with citations, you know, fines, actual fines, for having beach-facing lighting on after nine, and they also have to uh, knock over sandcastles. 
because they might. <laughs> Are <laughs> yes, you kidding me? Is that legit? Knock... They have to they, go knock yeah, down this the is the other castle. thing they have to do is that the sandcastles get they block the little turtles as they're on their way out. So oh, I'm man. sorry, but the cops have to kick your sandcastle over. Oh man, sounds so mean. But sorry, kids. But uh, was there sorry. one more? You said three things on turtles. Did you one get more. Uh, so yeah. Bear Warriors United uh, is suing the city of Palm Beach over what they believe to be failures, uh, ESA violations, and Endangered Species Act violations for sea turtles in the city. They've got a 100-page document, annotated photos, the whole thing, of what Palm Beach is not doing to help turtles right now, and they are taking people, the city to court over it. You know, as much as I applaud this, we have to get away from the cute animals. Like, it can't just be about the turtles. You know, we only love the pandas and the turtles and the poor, beautiful little rabbits or whatever. We don't care about the alligators and the wayflies, but actually it all goes together. And so, you know, I'd like to see more than just turtles, but I'm so happy to hear that. The other thing is I'd love Key West to monitor the crime rates while they turn off those lights. Let us know. See what happens. Was there more crime or less crime over over others? Let's package it together with some research. Yeah, I mean... Just just start looking at your numbers, like start correlating yeah. data. Yeah, I'd really like to see right. that. So we always love the sea turtles, but what do you got next here, Scott? All right, we got another lawsuit. This is one coming to an end. This is a two-year legal proceeding that's been going on between uh, Scottsdale, Arizona Unified School District and the residents near uh, one of their high schools about a baseball field. Mm. This, this has pretty standard, I mean, what you would think is pretty standard uh, baseball field lighting, whole kit, couple of poles. Big, big, big old fixtures, but they finally come to a settlement out, out of court that the uh, school district will only run 20 night games a year, none of them on Sundays. The last three innings, they start dimming the lights. The lights have to be off an hour after the end of play. And what time is the sun set in, in Arizona? In well, during baseball year. season, around yeah. 6.30 maybe. Is it that early? In this summer, like I mean, in June or July, the sun might not set till 9, 10 o'clock. It's like a lot of people think, oh, man, let the kids play baseball. But what if the lights are on till 1, 2 in the morning? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it, like I don't think we totally understand the scope of this. You know, when are the lights going off? How bright are there? How much trespass is there? And, you know, can this actually be fixed? That would be the other thing is can, can we get a, a lighting expert in there to get some shielded stuff going? I mean, we were just in, in you saw, you know, I was in Utah last week, Scott, talking to the good folks at Save Wasatch Back Dark Skies. And we looked at various ways that are opposite of, of um, uplighting, which was downlighting. And it was very interesting to see how you can tighten things up with with shields and 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 that so there isn't this light coming out projecting off the structure i guarantee you with those light fixtures in the field they're 50 60 percent of the light is cast way beyond the field into the neighbor's yards and houses and stuff like that and so it is a big deal folks and if people are listening to this and they think oh let the kids play baseball yeah okay um yes i agree but there needs to be some solution there needs to be some tranquility for people as well so the Cedar Rapids Country Club of Iowa has must use motion sensor lighting all around the edge of their facility. So this is tennis courts, golf courses, everything, anything that faces away from the space, it's on motion sensors now. This is a city council thing. And as much as I like that, I've done a lot of motion sensors in my life. A little bit worried about long-term execution of those sensors. The other thing, you know, is that 
you know, the motion, motion sensors are something we need to develop better. I think we could, you know, with those lighting control systems, so we could actually see if the motion sensor is not being false tripped by some kind of HVAC duct coming out of the building at night. You know what I'm saying? The motion sensors are not a panacea for this. Shielded light fixtures are the way to go. Low Kelvin temperature, dim down. The other thing is that that on and off, if there's some sort of, uh, you know, raccoon or something running around, he's going to trip that sensor and or coyotes or whatever and you could have on and offs on those lights all night long which are possibly worse than just steady light pollution for for in some ways you know because you're gonna have that on all of a sudden light goes on so i love motion sensors i love the idea but this is where we need that connected lighting scott so we can monitor it and see if it's working properly all right so i know you're talking about utah you just got back from utah but how do you feel about a trip to wyoming Love Wyoming, same same part, you know, same basically the same geogra- geography, the same kind of environment. What's going on in Wyoming? So Cody, this is a town uh, on the drive up to the Shoshone Mountain National Reserve, National mm-hmm. Forest. Uh, we've got the LDS proposing a 100-foot-tall steeple with full-up lighting, and the residents are um, already pushing back. Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, it, it, look, a lot of the, a lot of the argument and when i was in 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 wasatch back it was talking to these folks and they're like well don't bring up this lds and don't bring up that and don't talk about this or the jehovah's witnesses or the more or the islam or the this or that or the minarets or what like actually nobody really cares what you worship to be honest with you i mean are there are there jerks out there yes but the vast majority of people especially ones in this movement because i know many of them and then they're all they're all good people they don't they don't care about your temple or your or your mosque or your church they just don't want you to uplight it okay and this idea you know these different churches and that they they believe that the you know we have to uplight it because this is where heaven and earth connect and it's like no you can't blot out the heavens that's what like and and expect this is electric anthropogenic light pollution it's got nothing to do with holiness okay and it is 100% c- conspicuous obscene and grotesque so i don't care if you're catholic muslim lds hindu whatever light pollution is not a reflection of holiness or sanctimoniousness okay it's not sanctifying your space it's grotesque and we need to get that into these folks heads whether whatever religion they are scott walker oh yeah no i mean we, we will talk about a minaret when i get a minaret story there you go. I mean, I, listen, they all listen. I, I understand why they want to do this, because they have 20th century thinking about electric light. OK, but we have way too much information now and you need to open your eyes and you need to see what's in front of your eyes. This is not good for the planet. It's actually pollution. It's grotesque, obscene and conspicuous. So no, it's got nothing to do with the heaven and earth connecting because of anthropogenic light pollution. Okay, that's not a thing. Okay, pretty sure there's like a story about a tower to to the heavens that did not go well. Yeah, Tower of Babel, buddy. Exactly. Like you're building these human structures, and yes, many of these buildings are beautiful to look at. But the light pollution is grotesque, folks. Get a grip. And that's it for the week. Oh. Sorry. Wow. <laughs> the darkness news update, Scott. 
great work. And if you want to follow Scott Walker, you can go to RestoringDarkness.com. You can see all he posts all these stories there. You can dive deeper. All the links are there for you. LinkedIn's a good place. So is Twitter. Scott, you're posting everything on social media as it comes out. He's consistently posting these stories, so you can follow Scott Walker's work. Scott, great job. Thanks for another great Darkness News update. All right. Thank you. Wow, what another great darkness news, news update by Scott Walker. Folks, the Lending and Darkness Foundation means business. We're going to be on the ground, and we're going to be supporting advocates, people that need help in, in, in ordinance battles and battling light pollution. So why not become a recurring donor to the Lending and Darkness Foundation? Go to restoringdarkness.com, click the Donate button at the top. You can give a one-time gift. You can give it to us monthly. Monthly would really help out, to be honest with you. Or... You can give directly, that's right, directly to specific campaigns. Click those darkness campaigns. You'll see it on the top there. And you can give directly to Save Wasatch Back Dark Skies. And every dollar, up to 3500 bucks will be matched by the Lighting and Darkness Foundation. That's right, folks. And also, you know, if you are in an ordinance battle, if you need help, contact the, contact the, the Lighting and Darkness Foundation. And finally, there's lots of ways to give. We need web developers. We need volunteers. We need people to make calls, write letters. Contact the Lighting and Darkness Foundation today if you're interested in helping out. So lots of ways to help out. It's not just money. You can give your time. You can give your energy. You can lend your credibility to us. You can help us out in a ton of ways. And lighting industry, you guys, all you lighting industry guys out there, that's right. We want you to embrace this. Why? Because it just makes so much financial sense for the industry, finally. It's a win, 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 win. Go to restoringdarkness.com right now and think about becoming a, re a recurring donor. Thanks for listening to Darkness News Update.